hello, hello, my friends. It has been a week since we last spoke, and the war rages on. Remember last week when I doled out some numbers for chances of the outcome? Well, this show, I'll check on those numbers and take a look at the big picture here in our country based on the war in Eastern Europe. Stay with us for Burden on Society, a show for those who wonder why our elite just can't use common sense for making decisions. Welcome everyone to the show that will not be shut up and will only tell the truth. We will talk about the most common sense answers to humanity's problems. The answers you seem to see, I see, but those making the decisions don't see. Why is that? Ah, now that's a burning question that we will fill up countless hours talking about in our future. I'm your host, Brian Burden, and welcome to Burden on Society. So, I think we got to start with war, don't you think so? That's what's in our news right now. There's so many different things we can talk about, but war. We must start the show on the war itself. Yes, I would be underselling it by saying it is the five or 50,000 pound elephant in the room. Who can stop this madness? You know, Putin and his cronies have been pummeling Ukraine for almost two weeks now. When I mean cronies, I mean the government, of course. The armies follow orders they don't like, and the people we can bet on would prefer capitalism over a dictatorship. I'm sure of that. So let's count them out. Let's just go as far as to say that Putin is not a big fave in Moscow. Iron fist of tyrants tend to smash those who disagree, and he has been pounding the tables with them for decades now. Every time I hear one of these pundits on TV talk about how bad Russia is, I want to scream at them. You idiot. It's Putin, not the people. Deep down, we all know this, but after years and years of the left telling us that everything any Republican does is racist, it becomes laughable when they do it to someone else. Although it's not a laughing matter. I disagree, though, or I digress. Let's kind of take a look back and stick to Putin on this one. You know, he is riding through Ukraine on the standard playbook that Russia has used for several hundred years. First, they forcefully try to persuade someone. Then if that doesn't turn the tide, they then shift into pummeling every building and every big town they can find. History says you beat them into submission until they come out with their hands in the air. Unfortunately, they shoot a few of those folks also. That's the problem. Just as last week showed, many of our smart TV commentators are living in what we call around here the civilized world. You know, the one where we care about killing innocent people. The one where war crimes scare us because it isn't right. Dictator Putin is not living in that world. No, he's living in the win by all costs world. You remember that world? The one where you shoot innocent people to make a point. The one that says don't leave any leader alive. It has been a tried and true mainstay for all barbaric leaders throughout time. And that will be the same thing as we go through this battle here, barring something coming out of the blue or some big time help happening. So our lovely media still gravitate to the likelihood of him retreating because he is losing face on Facebook. Really? Come on, man. 
Common sense says that is stupid, but I have heard it at least a half dozen times just today. No, no, no. He will fight a war like the old Soviet Union would have fought a war. He won't worry about anything. He won't worry about what the upper class are in Russia are trying to say to him. He won't worry about what they're saying on Twitter or what they're saying on the TikTok. He don't care what the crowd says. He's just going to keep moving forward. Loss of men or the new world order be damned. He's going to put Russia back together. You take that, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the percentages. I gave last week on, you know, how I see it all ending. So first up at 50% was the pummeling of Ukraine. With thermobaric bombs and every conceivable dumb bomb possible, just short of going nuclear. See, the theory here is based on the fact that the longer the war drags out, the harder Putin will hit and continue to hit until the Ukrainian people basically come out with their hands up. So staying below the, below the nuclear threshold, though, is a mark even a dictator wants. But he will use it if absolutely necessary. And when you have him cornered, that's when you're going to have to watch out for that. I bumped this up to about 60% this week as the going trend is for long-term bombardment. If you add this with the 20% I dropped just general bombing and warfare to, which was at 25% last week, you can see what looks like common sense to most military folks as the outcome, some kind of bombardment to end it all. Don't be swayed by these people talking about assassinations or coups or even a Ukrainian win. Those are on the very low side and would take largesse powers influence to be the outcome. Also, don't forget, probably like you, I am rooting for the Ukrainian people, but without outside intervention, it will stay pretty much as it is. So that brings me to two ideas that truly have me a bit on the perplexed side of things. The first is the idea of a no-fly zone. This would put our nation or possibly France or Great Britain into direct conflict with the Russians. What if we shot down one of their planes? What if they shot down one of our planes? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that that would be seen as an actual war against Russia by us. It probably could push the nuclear meter sky high and even drag China in on it. Seems like a no-brainer. So stay away from, no matter what happens, stay away from the no-flying zone, because that's not what we really want, the help in Ukraine. Secondly is the oil embargo on Russian oil. It seems simple enough. We stop our oil coming in from Russia and their money spigot is off. But really, is that what would happen? Questions have to be answered. Does Germany stop the flow? Probably not. Does China help out? Okay, let's just say that China has been and will continue to cover for Russia. That's a guarantee, it looks like, at this moment. They will gladly buy Russian oil to reduce prices and make sure they can still get what they need from China. And I also mentioned that Russia produces wheat and a lot of it. It's been going through the roof over the weekend. So fuel and food they have and China will need. So that's good for China, good for Russia, not good for us, of course. As you can see, this is quickly turning into, uh, let's call this a we versus them scenario. When I say we, I'm not talking about the world, even though it should be, because most of the world cannot step up like we can, all right? We are no longer the world's greatest power, though. We are, at best, a 55% underdog against China. 
on our territory here in the United States, we could probably flip-flop that number, maybe about a 55% favorite. But in the rest of the world, we have less than a 50% shot at winning. Add Russia to the mix and all the other players, and we decrease to a 65-35 split at best, I think. I know what you're saying. Brian, you say, how can that be? Well, China and Russia will pull in every other scumbag despot around the world to help them, including, what, Iran, North Korea? How about Pakistan and others? We can only count on maybe five real contributors against literally one to two billion people. A good guess says India stays out of the entire mix, along with, depending on the scenario, maybe Australia, most of Africa, and South America. China literally has its, well, let's call it its, its uh, case right there in front of it, and it has no problems. See, they've kind of got a hold on everybody. Would you fight against someone who builds your hospitals or builds your bridges or brings your rice and medicine? I hate to say it. This is kind of the, the beholden area we don't want to get into. And we are in the same kind of place. They do our medicine. They do a lot of our goods that we have. We get plenty of those things also. And without them, our country would be in dismay pretty quickly. Common sense for them and us. I put a question mark on that for us at all is to stay out of everything. What you're going to find out the more you listen to this program is that common sense is the winner 95% of the time. So, as a man who loves statistics and averages, I use it 90% of the time. Now, you can disagree, but you will be wrong about, yep, you guessed it, 95% of the time. But I'm guessing that that is why you're listening. You're tired of the 5% being the decisions made. Trust me, hang with us and we will have all kinds of great laughs over time about everything. And I do mean everything. Nothing is out of bounds that you want to talk about. Okay. Maybe I'm a little over the top with that one, but let's just say we will keep it clean so your kids can listen and learn some common sense also. We have wrapped this segment up. I'll be right back. I'm back and we have covered the two major outcomes and changing percentages as I see them. We also gave some pretty good perspectives of what a larger scale war might be if we truly engage. It doesn't look good for us if you look at the basics. Keep it simple, stupid, right? China and Russia know this, so they see that with a weak administration in charge, the opportunities are there for the taking for them. This pushes me to the nuclear option. Last week I had it at 10%, and I'm gonna leave it right there, exactly at that spot. With time and maybe a very dim outlook for Russia, this may move up a little, but the smart TV guys say it could be used, and, and, and the reality is it is a last ditch effort, right? It's not, they're saying, oh, look out, he could be using this, he's talking about it, but really it's a last ditch effort for him. In this type of scenario, when you have so many of the other weapons at your fingertips and he's got them all, also, the fact that he has said he would use them may change any real pushback. Have you noticed that our president went home to Delaware this weekend and didn't show his face Monday at all? Monday. Monday. Didn't show his face with a potential World War III at our doorstep 
and he went home over the weekend. Are you telling me he can't be bothered to be at the White House this weekend or do some kind of something? Well, I'm sure he's going to do something here soon, but boy, he didn't do anything over the weekend at all. So what are we seeing? I'm seeing dead civilian Ukrainians in the streets of Kiev. Apartment buildings were blown up in every big city. Nearly 2.5 million people have fled. But our president needed some downtime. At least President Zelensky has some guts and sees the severity of it all. Our city on a hill looks like a boulder caught in a landslide of our own making. Platitudes don't help at this juncture, just as they didn't in the past six months. You know, in that time frame in those past six months, we kind of tried to ignore the coming apocalypse. Unfortunately, it may be here. So what do we do then? And this is the part of the show I dreaded talking about the most. The situation that is happening now may not have an answer you or I am looking for. It might be to do nothing. I know it goes against my nature also, but we cannot wade in like the Avengers and stop Putin in his tracks. That would definitely trigger World War III. I don't think we can do the no-fly zone at all due to the factors I talked about in the previous segment. Okay, maybe we skim by letting the Poles send planes, but then we said we will send some support for Poland themselves in the form of our F-16s. Maybe. Okay, can we turn the oil money off? I'm going to say no, even though it feels so right. Not if you like $200 or $300 a barrel of gas, which means seven to eight bucks a gallon everywhere. And while I know everybody wants to do it and it feels so good, and we'll, we'll probably end up doing it, I don't think we probably should. It's probably going to hurt us in the long run, heading towards a depression or something bad. So here's what's going to be happening if we do go on that front. We're, we're already strained, right? We're at like $4.50 for gas right now. That means a 20-gallon tank will cost you 90 bucks. 90 bucks. How about a truck at 150 gallons in diesel at 5 bucks? Yes, $750 just to fill up. This is now pressing us all hard. They think it's a, you know, they're talking electric. Just go buy electric. But 7 to $8 gas across the entire country appears not far off and will cripple us, our country, if we were to stymie the supply for any period. But I'm afraid they're going to do it. Jen Psaki says it's the war's fault, and I'm sure Joe will take some credit for doing something. But we all know better. This all started and all the prices rose because of what he did in the first year of uh, his campaign to kind of take over the country. You know, we all know better, at least those of us that have been paying attention, I would think. Releasing the oil reserves does little, and during wartime, seems not only dumb, but absurd. Why would you get rid of the oil that you may need for your ships and your planes and that kind of thing, just to try to save 10 or 20 cents at the pump? Not one official in this administration will even broker the idea of sprinting up uh, sprinting our oil output up to levels that would make us energy independent again. We are asking despots to up their output to help us. Crazy dictators. Have we lost our minds? This is all in the, in the end will lead us to an atmospheric rise in prices and stands to possibly lead us to a cataclysmic economic depression for not just us, but the entire globe. Except who? 
<laughs> yes, of course, China, Russia, and any of their cohorts. See, they are trying to make the Chinese dollar the world standard. We, on the other hand, are trying to make the world greener. Isn't that great? If that stays that way, Putin will have no money woes along with China. They will dictate who can play in the deep end of the pool because they have the resources we will not allow ourselves to have and will control the money pressures they will. The rest of us will be floundering on our backs in ankle-deep water wondering how we got here. Broke, food scarcity, power outages, unemployment, just to name a few things that could be happening. But hey, you could buy a $60,000 electric. Oh yeah, and still pay 25 to 50 bucks to fill it up when needed, right? In those charging stations. Germany and some others will see what needs to be done and protect themselves, but we appear not to be able to make a decision that in the short term could actually save millions of lives if we start to have food problems especially and all the hardship around the world. Because we still think that they are with us, <laughs> that's the problem. Joe's still betting on it. They being China. We may come to our senses eventually, but will it be too late? Based on Joe's timetable, we are in no rush. Rush. It's just World War III waiting, right? <laughs> all right. Now that I have made us all feel so warm and fuzzy, let's discuss the falling potential of a Russian pullout. I think last week I had it at like 12%. And this week I'm going down to 6%. Help from China could be on the way if Putin needs it, from some reports that I've heard anyway. Help from Europe for Ukraine seems haphazard at best and could lead to, to a catastrophic for all mankind, in my opinion. So a catastrophe, really. And while the Ukraine people have put up a great battle, the outcome seems to be almost written already. Let's pray for this, but it is on the unlikely side that Russia just pulls out in the next week or two. I'm going to up the crazy theory though category of 4% this week. Last week it was three. You know, something could just happen. It could. Okay, I'm not optimistic, but assassination or coup is possible, but boy, seems really low. But who has the guts to pull it off with the people around Putin as around him? If you missed, that's a death sentence. If you fail for sure, that's what's gonna happen to you. That leads me to China helping out. If Chinese planes are seen overhead of Kiev, then everybody and their brother leaves the people of Ukraine to fend for themselves. I don't think a single country will want to get into that mix with the new axis of evil teaming up. This number may also slowly climb as potential for crazy outcomes over time will continue, but China ends it all by just showing up to this fiasco. It again becomes the outcome of China and Russia. That's what they want. It emboldens them and even more pushes them even higher on the mountaintop they already occupy. No one has mentioned it, but it seems like the likeliest of the crazy ways it could go if they just show up. All right, it's time for another quick break so I can grab me another Diet do, and don't forget to check out the show on the YouTube channel, Burden on Society, B-O-S. I'm on Rumble. It's also called Burden on Society. Twitter handle is Burden on Society, but it's B-R-R, -R, not B-U-R-D-E-N. Instagram is Burden on Society. I also have a book free to you on vocal.media with the title Acta Non Verba, or just use my name to find it in the fiction series section. 
I'll be adding chapters every week or two. Last but not least, I am writing on Substack with the moniker Burden or Burden on Society. We'll be right back with some outcomes that lean into what China wants. And like you might think, this war could be a sideshow for something much, much bigger. I'm back and we have been talking about the war in Europe and what it might do or not do as it pertains to us and the peoples of the world. The one entity that is sitting back enjoying this entire play, play out, so to speak, is China. Yes, they win no matter the outcome. If Russia wins, China has a sidekick to rely on for food and oil and inherits a world sliding towards anarchy where depression and pain in life will be at the forefront. Lose, and it would take nearly everything out of the U.S. and its allies to stop Russia, thus depleting us, at least monetarily, and again leads to a path of despair, possible depression, and a world that needs China to survive. Both outcomes would probably lead to the U.S. dollar not being the main monetary fund anymore, and that's what they've been pushing for for a while thus giving more power to China to do as they please and pushing us out of the main light for now. If they join in to help the Russians, even a little, then we will, uh, they will strike fear into most of the other nations of the globe. These are all wins for them. Also, and maybe even more likely, is the taking of Taiwan. While we are so focused on Europe, and as you can tell, are slowly starting to help militarily, with troops and planes kind of heading towards Europe, but not going into Ukraine. Yes, not in Ukraine, but in other countries in Europe, we will be at a far greater disadvantage to help the Taiwanese in April. Remember, April is when the seas are the best for amphibious landings. Did I point out that April is only three weeks away? <laughs> so we've been shooting for this date for year, almost two years to be after the Olympics and in April for the best time for them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the amount of planes, trains, and automobiles. This will not be able to help the Taiwanese, let alone one or two of our aircraft carriers. This entire Putin atrocity may be fake to make it easier for the Chinese to get their ambitions quicker and easier. And don't get me wrong, it's not fake to Ukraine and Europe. This is actually happening. But the longer it takes, the easier it gets for China economically, militarily, and powerfully. This might, may just be the end game for the Putin attack. See, Xi and Putin may have just planned it this way. This fits Putin's wants and helps China in the end game. So you've got to admit it, it, with them starting to push themselves together, they will come to the top of the, of the mountain, and then we will be sliding down that mountain. It's already a done deal. We're not number one, if you didn't already know that. So you have got to admit there's something just doesn't feel right here. You know, remember, Russia appears to be not putting a ton of effort in, especially early in this conflict. No real cyber attack of significance. A convoy stalled for over a week, but not having actual tanks in it. An army unable to sweep across vast open spaces in Ukraine. 
They appear to be making tons of mistakes. Is it to prolong the war? Is it on purpose? We hear that they just can't get out of their own way. At least that's what we are hearing from our news. But what if this is the real outcome? Throw the world into depression as China and Russia take charge of everything. It all seems fishy as Putin continues this outlandish lies and crazy talk of World War III and nuclear bombs. The talks of the worries about China seem to be what? Simmering down and moving away. I see some people still talking about it here and there, but generally speaking, everybody's starting to focus on Europe and Ukraine. Is that what they really want? Don't take your eye off the ball, they say. We have all heard that. But what if another ball much bigger is about to bean you? Shouldn't you at least duck to get missed by it? I'm not sure if we are able to duck to get out of the way of either of the balls. Hopefully, we all don't end up in the hospital because of it. Okay, going into the last break, everyone. We have covered a lot, and I am taking a look at what is happening just in the last few hours after this break. I'll see you back in about 30 seconds. Let's get into it. Let's try to hit some of these headlines now that you've come back. You know, uh, warn Ukraine here is what it says. The officials put Americans on alert for Russian cyber attacks. It's now like Tuesday. I mean, I wrote most of this on Monday and we're talking about it, uh, but it's Tuesday now. So uh, a little bit later. Let's take a look at some of the other headlines. So you see we're being put on alert. Remember what I said about being pushed slowly, slowly towards Europe? And we may be forgetting about China. Well, it's definitely something to think about. So uh, you, the U.S. is trying to get through this mix of we're not sure if we should give you F-16s. And Poland's probably pretty much in the mix to try to give the MiGs. But are we going to give them something, right? What kind of offer are we going to give them? Are we going to give them the F-16s to help them out? Um, I think there's something like 28 of the MiGs out there, and they're older than the MiG-29s, but they still can be flown by these Ukrainians at a pretty good clip. They've trained in them before. So here's what it says. A statement by Defense Department spokesperson John Kirby reflected that deep concern uh, late Monday, saying, we do not believe Poland's proposal is a tenable one, and it is simply not clear to us that there is a substantive rationale for it. My guess is they're going to do it anyway. Um we seem to be dragging our feet in every single step of this. We're not really trying to get in the mix. It seems like we're out of everything. So something to really worry about there. Um, how about, here's this one, Russia, Ukraine, war could bring a biblical event. Now you guys know I'm a pastor, um, but the global wheat supply seems to be disrupted and it's starting to go through the roof. So what does that mean for uh, biblical times? Well, it seems like, the world is not in such a place that, that maybe Jesus is coming back, but I can't say that for sure. I don't know the truth on that, but I do know that the prayer is going to help with that. If you pray about what's going to be happening, I believe we're going to strengthen the people of Ukraine. We're going to help them get through this, uh, even if it's a loss. We'll be able to help them with prayer, so remember that. So looks like global food prices rose to a record high back in February, 
And that was just led by vegetable oil and dairy products. That was before we even got into the war. Now we're so worried about wheat because a lot of wheat comes from Ukraine and you're not going to be able to get some if there's a war going on there, right? So you can see how that happens like that. Let's see what else is happening on, on the uh, news right now. I'm just looking at Yahoo at this point. I'm not looking at anything spectacular. I'm trying to go uh, out and uh, about. I don't know whether I can trust stuff or what I can trust when it comes to uh, Yahoo, but we'll give it a shot here. Uh, so there's a picture of uh, Putin with three lovely ladies around him who are like uh, flight attendants or something. They're smiling. He's kind of just mugging it up. I don't know. What's he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us things are okay. But there's a warning from the U.S. Intel chiefs, and it says that Putin is angry. Now, we have been listening to this now for two or three weeks. Putin didn't expect this. He expected to be in there in two days. He, his troops are just stupid, and they're lost, and they're giving up. Uh, you know what? Some of that's probably true, but a lot of it probably isn't. Just like uh, the Russians saying that they pushed farther into where they are and that they've only lost 500 troops was the last I heard. We're probably somewhere in between for the two, but uh, a lot of different things going on. Uh, thousands of Russians stuck in Thailand as sanctions kick in. Well, great for them. And that, see, that's what happens. The Russian people are the ones who pay for it, just like we're going to pay for all this as our politicians kind of butt heads like big old rams out there on a mountain to see who's the biggest one, right? Uh, U.S. Intel assesses Putin's likely response to setbacks. When have they been right in this, right? Yes, they told us he was going to attack, but we knew this six months to a year ago. I know I've been crowing about it, and most of the people I know think it was going to happen. Where were they? Yeah, a week away, they finally came out and said it's going to happen. Meanwhile, we did nothing going up to that point, so not helping any of us at all. Uh, Russia proposes nationalizing foreign-owned factories that shut operations. So there you go shut down and they're going to take over your company. Now, think about that. That's something that might be coming to our country is the way it's going at this, at this uh, pace. Um, Jen Psaki got out there and literally just lied straight through her teeth trying to say that the only reason gas prices rose was because of the war. And she might be the only one that believes that. Also, uh, I'm sure that our president isn't going to come out and say that it's his fault either. He's never taken blame for anything. Remember Afghanistan? It wasn't his fault. It was something else. And then he shut up about it. He hasn't mentioned it since. So uh, China says it's unsettled by Russian setbacks in Ukraine. Really? Really? They're upset. That's more propaganda just to make it sound like they're against Russia. They're with Russia. Stop it. I'm, that, if you if you could believe that. Why are you even reading that story? You know that ain't true. Uh, and then, of course, they sank the Russian warship that attacked Snake Island. That was pretty good. Where we, remember when the Ukrainians said, you know, something to you, and then they supposedly were killed, but they weren't killed? Well, then the, it looks like the Ukrainians were able to find that ship and somehow were able to attack it and sink it. So there you go. They got them back anyway. I'm not sure how many people died in that or anything, but... Um, I guess it doesn't matter that much. At this point, we got kids being uh, killed in the streets as they're trying to flee. We have people hiding in their houses. Um, and there's just bomb after bomb after bomb coming. And Kiev is next. Kiev's going to get slaughtered, I think, at this point. He's going to take out every apartment complex he can. He's going to try to push the people out of there and make them come out and give up. 
Uh, well, here you go. Russian officer complains about dead general and comms meltdown and intercepted call. Okay. How do we know that's true? How do we know that they just didn't make that up? I've seen about probably 30 to 40 pictures of Russian tanks on the street blown up. What if those are the only ones? You know, I've also heard that 95% of their people are still valid and moving forward. So what do you want to know? It's hard to sell, say on this, but I know one thing, they're not going to give up. So, so a lot of different things happening. It has been a busy time frame. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't heard me say this before, this will be the biggest news year potentially of all time since Jesus Christ came, of course. <laughs> That's some pretty big news there that has lasted a long time and we'll push forward with that. So if you need some prayers, don't be afraid to email me and let me know about it. We'll do that for you too, all right? Um, we're going to call it a day here. You know, that's my kind of moniker at the end of the show. But let's just think about this. I got some people that you know that you might like their podcasts. I'll probably show you those. Don't forget to check out my stuff. Um, this is only the third show. Hey, we're going to try to push it out there. It's been once a week. I'm going to try to do two this week. Maybe we'll get three and four done. And we'll see how that goes. And uh, it's been great talking with you. Hey, we'll call it a day. And I'll see you next time.